0: My guest today is a fantastic therapist and licensed professional counselor in Oklahoma, Georgia, and Texas. Please welcome Harold Rayfield. Harold, how's it going? RJ, how you doing, sir? Hey, doing all right. Doing okay. First of all, thanks for coming on to the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. This is, this is a great experience for me. It's good to hear from you again, brother.
0: Yeah, yep. good to hear from you too. So
1: let's jump right into this. What do you do? Okay. All right. So <laughs> I guess my name is Harold Rayfield, Jr. I work as a mental health therapist. So I'm a licensed professional counselor by trade in the states of Oklahoma and Georgia, and I do counseling and therapeutic services for individuals, for families, for couples. So that so that's what I do for a living.
0: Okay. So individuals, families, and couples. So yeah. So now what would you say, in your own words, what would you say a mental health therapist is?
1: So I would say a mental health therapist is an objective third party That can listen and can be a sounding board for our clients who may not have a support system in place or may just want to get an objective opinion, an objective perspective therapeutically on whatever their experiences are, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're going through, whether it be as an individual in a family unit or as a couple. So I think that's who we are. We are that sounding board for people to bounce ideas off of.
0: Okay, And now I understand it for individuals, but how does that work with families and couples?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times I'll get families that will come in and there will be trauma that they are trying to overcome. So I'll get parents that will bring their kids along and say, hey, my kids struggling at school, whether it be with grades or motivation or just complying to my parenting or or they're they're having some issues socially and I don't know what to do. So they'll reach out to us and say, hey, I'm looking to get some feedback on what am I doing right or what am I doing wrong or how did we fall off track and what can we do? Because I don't have, you know, I mean, as a parent or as a parenting team, we may not have the skill set to get our child back on track at this point. And so they'll come to us and say, hey, man, this is our situation. This is our mess. They'll kind of drop it off at my feet and say, hey, man. These are all the aspects of it. Can you pull it apart? Tell us what we did wrong. Tell us where we're hurting or where our child is hurting or or what the struggle seems to be. And can you point us in the right direction? So that's that's kind of how it works from a family standpoint.
0: Okay, so that makes sense. Now, with couples, is that more couple therapy or or is you still doing with mental health with the couples? How how does that work?
1: Yeah, so so with the couples, it's a little bit of both, right? So, So we'll get couples who come in and obviously we get more women. Who are more motivated and so a lot of times they're dragging their husbands or significant other mm-hmm. or the, their boyfriends in because the relationship hasn't progressed the way they wanted it to or they have some struggles or some hurts or some pains they're dealing with and it could be man or woman and so then the couples will come in and say hey listen we're having issues number one issue is always communication right. like we're having issues mm-hmm. with communication we just can't seem to get on track on the same page we can't get on one accord. And we've been through these things as a couple and we don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to move forward. What is the next step for us? Is this going to work? And so we'll sit down and we'll talk about their relational skills, right. like how they talk to one another, how they compromise. Uh, my wife and I, we kind of devised a system of, of some things that couples needed to look out for. And then we'll talk about from an individual standpoint. Is there some past trauma, some past challenges just on an individual level that seem to be manifesting themselves in their relationship. So
0: Got it. Okay. So with the couples you mentioned, the wife normally bringing in kind of dragging in the husband. Okay. And I see that with our community and I guess in communities in general where the male I guess there's some type of stigma where they they don't want to go and get help. Do you see that a lot? Cool. I mean I guess you do from saying that.
1: Absolutely. I see it all the time. It is a pride thing, I believe what it appears to be and it's not just our community african-american community i mean right. it's just across the board right. i think i've kind of just concluded that men typically we don't communicate with words very well right mm. we communicate through presence right like even when you get a group of men together and they're watching the game there's not a whole lot of talking going on we're watching the game there's some grunting and some moaning some yelling <laughs> screaming you know what i mean but there's not a lot of talking about what's like what's going on what's happening And so it's the same way relationships With with our couples counseling, a lot of the guys are are really reluctant to come in because they don't want to talk. Now, sometimes it's because they've done some dirt Mm. and they don't want to talk about, you know, or or be held accountable for their choices and decisions. And then other times it's men who are not just comfortable talking about how they feel. No, something that happened hurt me in a way. That created a different choice or a different feeling. And so a lot of them are not comfortable talking about it. So, so a lot of men have a difficult time coming in and, and sharing and, and being invested in the, in the counseling process.
0: Got it. Okay. Now, so, so for the couples, you're seeing the number one issue is communication. Now, yeah. with individuals, like, and I know this is probably a, a tough question because everyone's different, but in, uh-huh. in general, are there certain things that people can do to reduce the symptoms of mental illness or coping with various challenges that they have? Is there certain things in general?
1: Yeah. So what I would say, each therapist is different. So each therapist can kind of specialize on different things. Uh, A lot of a lot of the clients that I see, particularly that are kind of in my wheelhouse have to do with mood disorders. Right. So I do I do a lot Mm. in terms of mood disorders on an individual basis. I do a lot of family and couples counseling. So with the individuals, it is more of depression, anxiety. Perhaps they've had some mental issues like bipolar disorder or other issues you know, similar to those things like dealing with moods and and feelings and then what their individual function is in connection with relationships family and those different types of systems if that makes sense
0: yeah and so
1: I, so we always talk about with with people the first thing we talk about is what's your support system like like you know, yeah. who, do you know do you have a wise counsel so to speak that you can go to and share and get honest feedback with where you're at we talk a lot about self-care with adults, right? Because we're good as adults of taking care of the business. If we're really high functioning, we're good with paying bills or or our roles at work or our role as husband or our role as dad. But then I talk about, you know, then I always ask questions about like, what are you doing to take care of yourself from an emotional mm, standpoint? Yeah. Like, what did you do to make yourself feel better because your your wife is not responsible for that or your, your, your husband's not? Your children are not responsible for making you feel better. So we, we try to go that direction with the self-care. Um, so self-care, we talk we talk a little bit about diet. I mean, it, it can be a wide range spiritual. Mm. We talk about a wide, a lot of mm. different aspects of an individual's life and how can you make those different parts of you better to be the best version of yourself?
0: Yeah, that, that no, that's great. I feel like three really important things for people were one is your financial wealth, I guess, your or your yeah. your economic status, but two your physical health and three your mental yeah. health. And I think the two and three A lot of times people just really aren't paying attention to until it's too late. Absolutely. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. And you know what, RJ, ironically enough, there was a recent study that came out. They were talking about how people feel better about themselves, obviously, and they characterize themselves as being happier Mm -hmm. when they have more money. Mm -hmm. And that was a shift. Over the last 20 years, I'm not for sure the study that came out is heard on the, on a the podcast from the radio station out in Austin. And so that's been a shift over the last 20 years from our generation to the millennials is that in years past and decades past, people felt happier with lifestyle, yeah. right? Like if the lifestyle was there, like family or friends or the things that they love to do, people felt happy regardless of their financial wealth or status. Mm-hmm. And as long as were feeling good about themselves and where they were at, they're good. They were. They, they yeah. consider themselves happy. And now recently, so there's some research coming out saying the financial piece is now bigger for this generation. Yeah. Like they don't see themselves happy unless they have a certain financial status or wealth. So it's yeah. great that you say that because all of those things are interwoven, right? Like, yep. you know, if you're living in poverty, it's going to be hard to be emotionally stable. It's going to be hard to do the things to, set the, to care for yourself because you have a certain level of basic needs right. that you just can't get met because financially you don't have the means to do so. So I think those things, right. though, the physical part, the mental health, and obviously the financial wealth and, and the, your financial health, yeah, they're all interrelated.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. So so now, with especially with everything that's going on now, it's your line of business. Is this something that you can do online? Is there like online
1: therapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so a lot of my business has moved to Zoom meetings, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe you've seen the memes on Facebook about how therapists are dressing in a certain way so they can look a certain way, way at the camera. And they're in their PJs or they're trying to move <laughs> clothes around in the background so their clients can't <laughs> see them. And so, yeah, and I believe it's going to be the long-standing way of therapy moving forward, right? Okay. You know, yeah. you live in a huge city, right? Yeah. So, so think, of, think about you living in a, on living in Conroe or you know right. on one side of Houston and right. you you've been doing the phone calls you met with a couple of people and you finally found a good couples therapist or you finally found a good individual therapist somebody you want to go see and talk to and they live all the way out of Missouri City right. well it's not going to be possible for you to drive in Houston traffic an right. hour and then after work and then decide okay I'm going to squeeze this in between my workout and going to see the kids picking up food and, you know it's just not it's just Love not a good situation right. <laughs> come in and talk so i feel like now we're able to jump on zoom calls because it's hipaa compliant and so our clients can still see us mm. and we can still be live you know in person and still share the same conversation it's a little a di- little bit different maybe for that first meeting or two so i like to have a lot of those in person but yeah. i would say especially because of the pandemic and no, we closed down our office, so we don't have people coming in out of office for the last three months. So now I'm saying 75% of my business is via the Zoom app online, and so we're FaceTiming it. So we're just making it work that way.
0: Okay, that's great. That's great to adjust that way. Now, a couple of times you mentioned studies that you've come across, and whether it's on podcast or reading. So how are you keeping up to date on what's going on, keeping abreast in your industry? What are you doing to do that?
1: So, you know, we know, we're always responsible for keeping up with our licenses for, you know, for mm-hmm. doing continuing education throughout the year. And okay. so, so so, I try to keep up with uh, continuing education. I subscribe to a couple of the uh, psychology today's, a couple of magazines where I'm constantly reading through and thumbing through different things that are coming up, even with the Will and Jada thing. You know what I mean? Like for pop culture, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. Words like entanglement. And I said, I had to go back and think, <laughs> OK. So are they going to start using this? A couples going to come in and start calling cheating and entanglement? And so I'm like, so I got I to gotta be aware that the language is constantly changing. So I you know I'm dibbling, dabbling in whether it be therapy magazines or online magazine, even academic stuff going through mm-hmm. and reading different dissertations. Just want to always constantly just be aware of how the language and the challenges that people are going through are constantly evolving.
0: Got it. OK. Now, how do you get new clients?
1: Yeah, so clients come from a different way. You know, they go, they come okay. the old school way from like referrals. Okay. So, you know, hopefully we try to do good work with clients and we try to see them from beginning to end and try to get some positive results. And then, so I get a lot of clients who just, who, you know, are referrals, hey, my sister came to you for couples counseling. And now my wife and I were having issues. So, hey, we want to come in, and just see it, or you know, try it out. So I'll get referrals through the old school way. I'm also on psychology today. So, you know, so people that are looking for a counselor, They can just type it in their zip code uh, and then counselors come up. And so people can go in and look at my profile there. You also get a lot of clients through EAP programs, which is employee assistance programs. So a lot of companies have already provided this as a service to a lot of their employees where you get five to seven sessions for free. So there are a certain number of practices, counseling agencies, counseling practices that that are in the network. And you can kind of go through and choose one of those and just kind of try it out. But you will get up to five sessions free per year. So we get a lot of clients that way. He'll come in and say, hey, you know, I'm working through Dell or I'm working through a different company. And I got these sessions. I'm, I'm feeling some anxiety, feeling some stress some worry. I just want to come in and talk and just see if that'll help. And so, so we'll get them that way. And then the last way is through insurance. You know we'll get a lot okay. of companies. A lot of people will call us and say, hey, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield. I have Aetna. I have a you know beacon, and so right. you guys are in work, you know, and hey, you know based upon your profile, it looks like you might be able to be able to help me with what I'm going through so those are our three okay. avenues, yeah through employee assistance, through referrals, and also just to through the insurance panels.
0: Got you, okay, all mm-hmm. right so so let's talk about a typical day. how does that look like for
1: you man well man well, a typical day looks like this I'm getting to the office and... Eight or nine, and I don't okay. get offline until <laughs> seven thirty eight o'clock at night. Wow. So it's it's a, uh, the typical day is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because enough you know, I'll get clients who, like I said, I would know if I see them online, mm-hmm. they can book early now, right? So you right. know, they can book at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. So sometimes I wake up, you know, get a chance to brush my teeth, <laughs> you know what I mean, throw on a, a, a collar shirt, and yeah. I jump on my computer and I'm on a session. As early as nine in the morning and then as clients come, if I can go to the office or see somebody, then I'll drive down to the office and I'll, I'll see a couple of clients there. Being a therapist where I, I'm not a salary employee, so I'm a self-employed business of one. right? And so I'm a contracted employee through a company. And so they allow me to have a space with them. But there are administrative duties that I have to do as well, paperwork, because yeah. we don't get paid unless we put in notes. Right. And so. I have, to, I have to do a, a number of different administrative activities just to be in good standing with my boss mm-hmm. and, and I got to get paid. So in order to get paid, I got to do clinical notes, which I do not get right. paid for. So that's time, you know, in that as well. I think another big part of it is marketing. And so that that right. was a challenge that, that I didn't know about, that, I, that whenever I go talk to grad students or undergrads about coming in this business, I talk to them and I say, hey, man, we didn't take business class. We weren't required to take business classes in undergraduate at UT or at Midwestern State where I got my master's and marketing and business one-on-one is critical in our business. If you're a 1099 employee, because we're in the higher tax bracket, didn't, okay. didn't know how to find that out the hard way that, okay. you know, when you're, you know, when your tax bracket, we you know when taxes are 15 to 17% is what you're responsible for. As a 1099 employee, you need to you need to be aware of all of those things. What yeah. you can write off, what you can't write off. And so, I'm I'm also involved in that end for myself and for the for the practice that I'm involved in as well. So we have mm-hmm. to get out and do marketing, and I have to call cold call companies and yeah. hey, come out and do a presentation. Mm-hmm. Can I come out and do a uh, training, you know, just on you know employee satisfaction or life after retirement? So there are a number of different things that I do marketing-wise to keep our name out there as a company right. and also as an individual. I have to be you know, going to schools and talking to schools. Hey, you know, if you have any kids or have any families that need extra support, you know, I'm here and available. And so the brain is constantly working to I me mean, 24-7. You know, when you work for yourself, you have to wear a lot of hats. And so that's what I do on a daily basis.
0: OK, so there's a lot more involved than what I knew. And I guess a lot of people thought they knew of what yeah. therapists do. So, wow. OK. OK, you said around 7, 730, around that time you're done. Do you mm-hmm. do you ever catch yourself still thinking about your clients and thinking about things that were said or whatever at night or you just cut off like night? That's it,
1: man. Man, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I have. I think early on, I think I mean, I've been doing this about almost nine years now. I think mm-hmm. early on, it was really difficult to cut off because I was just so invested in every client, yeah. you know, from an emotional standpoint, I from a financial standpoint, you know, you want them to come back and see you because that's how you get paid. Right. If you don't have clients, then, you know, then there's no money flowing.
0: Right. And so
1: you know, I trying to make myself accessible to the clients all the time. And that was just mentally draining, man. It was a challenge. And so now I try to cut it off. But because, again, I work for myself, yeah. I'm on 10 hour days. And so even when I cut it off, I still got to be emotionally available to my wife, to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so so the day doesn't end, even though I stop working at seven thirty and I got to <laughs> turn. I got to keep it going. And, you know, this yeah. as well. So, so I, I got to be on for them, too, because they need right. me emotionally available as dad, as husband. And so, yeah, it, it can be a challenge sometimes. And so and, and then, we you know, I get those calls Occasionally on weekends, hey, can mm-hmm. you take an emergency session? Somebody's having suicidal thoughts or so, or mm-hmm. their marriage has just hit the fan this weekend. Something right. came out of something happened extremely traumatic. Are you available? So I try to have healthy work boundaries, work, family, personal life boundaries. But it's a challenge, man. It really is to turn it off because we start early and we stay late and you, and you got to be accessible to the clients because because they are dependent on you sometimes i'm the only person in their corner you would be amazed now with the pandemic and everything yeah. you know you think oh man everybody has somebody everybody yeah. has a family member or a spouse or a friend and there are so many americans it's just them and their dog mm. literally and it's been that way for years and so
0: and they're even more cut off from everyone else right now
1: Man, right now they're cut off from everybody else mm. and all those traumatic things that they've been through yeah. and all those the bad relationships or the bad job work relationships or the problems with the kids they've been trying to kind of you kind of push that to the side and stay busy with life but now that everybody's working from home man listen it has been a challenge because people are, mm. are now having to deal with a lot of things that maybe they haven't addressed in the past so
0: right wow Yeah, I can definitely see that. Jeez. All right. So now in your line of business, what would you say are the skills or characteristics that are most needed to be successful?
1: Well, obviously to be a therapist, you have to be empathetic, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: I think that's important. I think you got to be a good listener. I know I talk a lot now, but (laughs) I try to to listen more than than I talk when I'm with clients. So I think that's important. I also think that you have to be really open-minded you have to have a have a diverse background because not all my clients look like me not all of my clients sound like me not all my clients have the same background and orientation and values that i have right so i find a way to relate and connect on a human level just to be able to provide some level of support and empathy so i think that's really important from the clinical standpoint of being a counselor a therapist at lpc And then then the other half of it is, man, you got to be a problem solver. Uh You know, you got to be willing to to -hmm. do the business part, to work on your own taxes. You got to market yourself. You got to be willing to go out and talk to people that you don't know, you never met. You got to be willing to take jobs that maybe you think you wouldn't do, because you never know when that opportunity could turn into the next big thing for you. So you got to be adventurous, and you got to be open minded to just just kind of letting it. Letting it hang, man. It's kind of just being open, just getting out there and, and being vulnerable and, and letting people judge you and, and being OK with that because you're out there trying to help people and be aligned with your spiritual and emotional purpose. So yeah, I said those are great advice. Things.
0: OK, yeah. yeah. Great advice. Um, All right. So let's talk about how you got to where you are. You mentioned you went to undergrad at UT. I'm guessing your major there was was it psychology? Sir. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, and then so so from there, what happened? How'd you get to where you are?
1: Yeah, so I went to undergraduate at UT. Uh, got there at 95, in '95. In '95, got out of there in '99. So I made it out in four years. Uh, nice. Obviously, partied the whole bunch, so my GPA <laughs> suffered because <of> it. <laughs> we nuked it up. But, but it was a good time, you know what I mean? <laughs> So and then so psychology-wise, what I didn't know again getting more educated as later as we get older, there's not a lot of jobs for people with an undergraduate degree in psychology. And there are not a lot of jobs sure as heck going to pay for student loans and the lifestyle we, that I was hoping to get after I graduated college. And so I found myself having to, to finish a regular job for one year before I was able to get into a grad school, which is Midwestern State University. They had a clinical counseling program there. And so I entered that and did that for two years And finished with my my master's of arts degree out there. And then after that, I found myself again in a different place. And so I ended up going back to Dallas, not really knowing how to get involved into the business. I had some challenges getting started. And so then I ended up teaching eighth grade English because I had a backup plan. My minor was English when I was at UT. And so I said, let me go teach middle school. And so I taught middle school English for eight years in Cedar Hill. And so, and so that was a really awesome experience for me. And I really love teaching. I'm really passionate about it. And then my wife and I, we started having a family. Our kids started getting older, right? And then I we were like, well, do we want to become principals? Because then that time requirement is crazy hectic, right? Mm. So we were. We, I wasn't really for sure if I wanted to become a principal because our oldest son at the time was only four or five, and we just had a newborn. And so my wife and I were both working, and we didn't want to be just kind of be in and out of the house like that. We wanted to be supportive of, for them, especially while they were younger. And so I decided, man, you know what? Let's change courses. You know, we were living in Cedar Hill at the time, and I was like. How about we go into business for ourselves? You know, if Mm -hmm. we're putting all this energy and time in the the kids and the students and the people building. Yeah. How about we do it for ourselves? And I was like, let me get try to get back into counseling. And so that took me to Oklahoma because at the time, Texas required us to have 300 clinical hours before you could even start getting paid master's level pay. And so I was like, well, I can't go back to undergrad pay because I got (laughs) I got a wife, a mortgage. cars and now we got two boys we got two kids and so oklahoma at the time was like hey if you got a master's degree you can come out here and work you can get all your license stuff fixed and we'll still pay you you license your work pay license your pay while you're finishing up that's all i needed to hear and so we we packed everything gave up everything and, and man completely changed course and just it was a faith walk man exercising faith in god and just say hey you know what we want to continue to do our thing and walk by his purpose, and we're gonna let him lead us. And so that's how we ended up here in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So and kind of been working, you know, with different agencies here and there, and working with people, and and now we ended up here at the practice I'm at now, which is Spring Eternal Behavioral Health here in Oklahoma City, which is owned by a black woman. And so I'm work, I'm working in close partnership with her, and I'm the clinical director there. And my practice has grown and. My knowledge is growing. and this is what kind of a process, man.
0: That's great. That's great. Uh, I've said this before, but I've heard this when I was interning way back in the day. You don't succeed unless you take risk. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to take those risks, but you took it and you now. So that's a great story I like that. Yeah. I, know, I know it was scary for you, kind of leaving everything, packing up, going, but worked out for the best. So
1: great. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, and, and and let me give kudos to my wife, man, because mm-hmm. you know, at, you know, being, you know, we were both teachers, and so we were mm-hmm. making enough to have a lifestyle on the weekends, but not enough to really make a financial change for our family. Right. And so, you know, and as men, it's always tough, right? Because we're supposed to have all the answers. Yeah. We're supposed to know how we're guiding our family and how things are gonna turn out. And it was one of those moments where the opportunity came up. And man, I was scared as heck, man, to have that conversation with her, bro. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, let me go talk to her. Mm. And I went and I talked to my wife, and I'm not in. She'll tell you, my communication is not my strong. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that after 15 years. <laughs> and, and I was like, let, let me put my big boy pants on and have a conversation with her and the man. And I was so grateful that she was supportive. It was like a 15 minute conversation. Mm. And so we literally left our jobs without really having a sure thing in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so we left our job and she was like, you know, I trust you, I trust us, and you know, God will work it out. And this just shows you, you know, this is just a testament to what having a good partner will do. Right. For you personally. And so she meant she jumped on board and was with it one hundred percent the entire way. And so we've been doing this thing together, man, for the last eight and a half, almost nine years. And so we haven't looked back. That's great.
0: All right. So eight and a half, nine years. What do you love about what you do?
1: I think the one thing that I love the most about what I do is I'm able to help people, man. Kind of what I was was alluding to earlier, so many people who just, they get to their wits end, they're not for sure which direction to go. They don't have the skills or the resources with family or friends or money or, or life experience to help them get out of whatever spot they're in. And it's good just to be able to encourage people. And so I know... When I was younger, kind of like about twenty-five or twenty-six, I just wanted to make sure that I was kind of aligning my job, my occupational path, to be aligned with with what I felt like my skills were, with like with what God gave me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, so what I like most about my job is that I feel like I am doing what god would have wanted me to do you know like i don't think i'm a pastor or or you know i know i can't say even though i try to <laughs> i try to be a singer you know what i'm saying and so so i know i don't have those abilities and so i just kind of did a deep dive with myself I'm like well, what am i good at what can i do well, i like to encourage people I like to talk i like to listen I like to help people and that ended up being my purpose so what i love most about my job is i get paid to do what I feel like, what God wanted me to be doing while
0: I was on this earth.
1: Nice. And your passion. That's great. I I wake up every morning and I'm I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And I go to bed at night. I'm pleased. I'm happy with what I've done. I feel like it's his will and he's been blessing me for it ever since.
0: That's great. Because a lot of people aren't doing what they're passionate about. So that's good.
1: Now on the flip side,
0: you mentioned uh, one of the challenges, just not being able to turn it off. Now, are there any other challenges you see in your line of business or for you?
1: Man, well, you know, it makes a lot of challenges. It's like not being able to turn it off. This is a you don't work, you don't eat business. So some months, man, clients cancel. (laughs) I mean, there are some weeks where I'm lined up for 20 sessions and only 10 come through. Mm -hmm. I got to make sure that I can feed my family in the low moments when things are not going so well. I got to stay encouraged myself. So that's a challenge, too, because. I'm so emotionally invested in trying to support other people and caring for other people. And sometimes you got to remind yourself, hey, you need a break, Mm -hmm. vacation. You know, so sometimes it's difficult for me to to stay emotionally healthy because my job is listening to people who are in bad emotional spots. Right. You know, and so so sometimes hearing all of that can be heavy, heavy, heavy. And so so it's always a challenge just to make sure that. That I, I'm taking care of my own mental health, my own well-being, and taking a step back to make sure that I'm good, my kids are good, my wife is good, and, and that personal part is, is is taking care of itself as well. So I think those are the biggest challenges. Outside of getting more people to come to counseling, that's always yeah. a big deal. Right. People stigma about what it is. I got so many people come to me and say, "Man, I, I thought it was gonna be harder than this. I thought it was mm. gonna be difficult." Or a lot of people have already had a counselor before, or they had a therapist. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it was terrible, man. Like, oh. they just sat there and didn't see nothing. They didn't do nothing. I came out feeling like I didn't get any help. And so that's always a challenge, trying to get people to to, to reinvest in talking and opening up and expressing themselves and, and giving it another chance again. So, those are yeah. just a few of the things that we went into.
0: Okay. Now, what about, what's your most memorable moment?
1: Ooh. Uh, <laughs> man. I wouldn't say that I had a most memorable moment yet, but I think, you know, I've had a couple of times where clients have come to me where they said, you know what, our marriage was done. It was over. Mm. It was over before we came to you. And they were like, hey, we realized that we weren't as far off as the path that we thought. And we just needed some tools on just how to get on the same page. So those have been good, really good moments because I've had, I've had couples come back to me and say, man, Rayfield, it's good to see you, man. You know, we still together. We still doing, we hanging on. And so those are, those make you feel really good that I'm halfway decent what I do. Mm. I've had some students, I've had some students graduate where, you know, what we got them eight, nine years ago when we first got to Oklahoma city and we've been working with them on and off. And, and, you know, and we saw them graduate high school. And so those are always really good moments because when when we first were connected with them, they weren't in a good place. And to see them go on and be able to graduate and, and do positive things, those are always good moments. And then occasionally I'll get an email every now and again where somebody will email me out of the blue and say, man, you know, I really appreciate you. You know, I was suicidal or, or I'd given up hope or I'd lost faith and uh, just kind of coming, you know, coming to you kind of helped me get back on track and it gave me an opportunity to see some things differently and to keep going. And so, those are always the really good, you know, feel good moments to help kind of fill your tank and keep you going, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's, that's got to feel really good to get that. Once you, one, you said that reassurance that you're doing, that you are good at what you do, but just that you're making a change, that you really are making a change in these people's lives. So, that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, we're at the end of this. I'm going to ask some quick hitter questions for people to really get to know you a little better. But before okay. I do that, <laughs> before I do that though, I want to find out if there's anything that I might have missed, I should have asked, or you think that you want to add? No,
1: no. no. I, but can I ask you a question real quick? Okay. So this is you the host. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, is, yeah. go ahead. You sure. know, what I do, I ask questions. So, let, let me give you one before you okay. get to the, the lightning round, or the quick hitter round. Okay. So, so in your line of work, where do you see mental health fitting in just in the past as a professional and moving forward to from the podcast standpoint to all the things that you do in business and, and the corporate America, like like where, where does mental health play a role in that?
0: So I think in corporate America, just off the top of my head, I would say a couple of ways. One is, if you have a certain boss, it, I've seen it happen where if you don't have a good boss, it's tough, mm-hmm. it's really tough. It's it's tough on the people, and so that's one thing, and it also is kind of interrelated with this next point is now in corporate America, it's not like when our parents grew up where people can work for a job for like 30 years, for a company for like 30 years. Now, you don't really see that loyalty as much. So I think it's very tough on people always trying to prove themselves and always trying to – you always want to do well, but always thinking that at any moment, I can be let go. Yeah. I think that definitely causes some. I see with those two things, With if you don't have a great boss and just with the climate um, and knowing that at any moment you could be gone, that it causes a lot of stress and anxiety in people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Good. Good <laughs> answer. All right.
0: <laughs> all right, man. So, all right. So, let me ask you some of these questions. So, okay. number one What's your favorite sports team? Good
1: question. Uh, Texas Longhorns.
0: Yep. All right. Hook them.
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Hook them, man.
0: (laughs) And everyone uh, know that Harold played basketball at UT. So,
1: yeah, I was a walk on for one year. I I, I was the guy (laughs) clapping in all the huddles. (laughs) And the towel in the background. Yeah, that was me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) favorite movie or show?
1: Uh, favorite movie or show? Ooh. I don't know that I have one, probably one that I'm hooked on. There was a movie called, I think it was called, it was about the story of the McDonald's. It had Michael Keaton in it. I think it was yeah. called Founder or something. And, and I'm, I mean, it's not my favorite, favorite absolute, but like, as of recent years, I'm just hooked on that movie and, and the the part of the entrepreneurship part, aspect of how he turned selling hamburgers into a real estate business. Right. So, i mean I'm, I'm really interested in that part of the movie okay
0: all right favorite musical artist or group
1: oh favorite artist or group man i don't know i'm just gonna say neo soul right okay. so I, I a specific genre is always r&b man old school r&b is always good
0: yep it is all right favorite vacation spot
1: Ooh, the Caribbean. Anywhere the Caribbean yeah. is good. The Bahamas, Jamaica. Bahamas would probably be a, probably the nicest trip ever. So I said but the Caribbean in general is a pretty good spot for us.
0: All right. And last, favorite food or drink?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, uh, pizza, probably favorite yeah. food. All right. Aging cool. Probably my favorite. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, man. So now, is there any way that people can contact you or ways that they can find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, our organization, our practice here in Oklahoma City is Spring Eternal, Spring Eternal Behavioral Health. You can just Google it, and you can find us. I'm also on Psychology Today, which is this Harold Rayfield Jr. You look up therapist. Our website is springeternal.net or springeternalokc.net. And then our office number is 405 601. Four, five, six, five, and so i'm licensed in uh oklahoma georgia and soon to be texas uh, by the end of the year and so oh, that's great yeah, yeah so we're able to do, i'm able to do see clients from different states and so we we can have some zoom meetings
0: <laughs> all right well all right harold great great talking to you i'm always good to see you man and all right, thanks man. a lot for joining the podcast
1: yeah absolutely man i just want to say man this is really awesome what you're doing you know, I'm always excited to support uh, one of my frat brothers and just being able to work with you and hear you and all your success with your family. This is amazing, man. So, man, man, best of luck to you uh, with, with the podcast. I know it's going to be amazing. So I'm just glad to be a part of it and to see you keep going, man. So you keep flourishing.
0: Oh, man. Thanks a lot, man. Great words. And, and same to you. Thanks. Thanks again. And good luck to you with your business. And, and congrats on expanding to Texas as well.
1: Absolutely. Newt. We appreciate you, brother.
0: All right. Talk to you later. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be in the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.